This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Blessed to have Melissa Hogan on the Courage Cast. Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, kind of a strange series of events, how we got connected. It's, yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah. So, so I had, um, we, we do doTERRA essential oils, and we have a team member out in California who has a son, a grandson, grandson. Mm-hmm. with Hunter syndrome. Yes. And she was telling me all about it. It's the first time I'd ever heard of it. Um, and she was telling me about it. Um, she said, you need to meet Melissa and Chris. You know, they're, Chris is with Dave Ramsey. Melissa, you know, they're right there. And little did we know, our kids, our daughter, go, my daughter and your son. Go to school go, together. Go to school together. Uh, we ran into each other at school. Yep. Randomly. I think you heard my voice, right? And said, hey. I think I turned around and said, wait a second. I, I recognize you. <laughs> and then I had met your wife previously yeah. mm-hmm. at the post office. You gave her 10 bucks. Yeah. Because she, she was out of money. She forgot her wallet. And it just was this random. So we were meant to connect. Yeah. And and actually, um, your team member's grandson, his family are good friends of ours. Yes. And um, his dad is now the vice president of our organization. Really? So it's it's just an insane uh, series of events. Yeah. Well, God never um, sees these things as by chance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, Melissa, I, I think I just kind of want to start with uh, your story before you even knew what Hunter syndrome was about. Okay. Because now you have a Project Alive, which yes. is a nonprofit. Um, and you'll, I want, I want to hear all about that, but you've really gotten involved in spreading awareness and, um, maybe working towards, uh, I don't know, uh, a cure, a cure or anything hopeful to say, hopeful to say, right. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about your life before Hunter syndrome and anything else like that, that came into your sure. life. Sure. I mean, I had a pretty, we had a pretty typical, life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we met, my husband and I met in college mm-hmm. and we were both professionals working. I was a, a healthcare corporate lawyer here at a firm in town uh-huh. at doing mergers and acquisitions work. And we wanted to start a family, mm-hmm. but unfortunately we had infertility challenges yeah. for about four years. Okay. And we said, well, maybe we can't have kids. Mm-hmm. And we bought a house in the woods and decided we just wanted to relax and, and live our lives. And then lo and behold. <laughs> what was your husband doing then at the time? He, um, he was working at a bank at the at time. Okay. So he was doing banking and mortgages mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated with my job. He was frustrated with his. And you know, at one point I said to him, look, let's just find jobs mm. that we're passionate about mm-hmm. and that we enjoy and have a purpose. Um, you know, for some being a lawyer is, is a great field and it's a great degree to have, Yeah. but I was missing that purpose. And what am I doing besides making my clients more money? Mm-hmm. So, um, we decided to do something with that when we, we bought our house in the country and then lo and behold, um, I got pregnant <laughs> and, um, and then we proceeded to have, Three kids in three years, all boys. Wow. 
So God answered your prayers. He uh, multiplied my prayers. <laughs> By three. And in a way that was wholly unexpected. So you multiplied yourselves yes. by three. Yes. And uh, th- they all happened one year in a row. Yes. Three within years three years. So mm-hmm. for two months out of the year, they're sequential. So okay. come March, they will be 11, 12, and 13. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was it was challenging. And I, I left my job as a lawyer because, again, I wanted to pursue something I was passionate about. And I was teaching teaching a little bit of law school. I was uh, I had my own uh, law practice and consulting practice, so I was getting more into consulting and mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And um, then our third son came along, and uh, so I was ramping that up actually. And then a series of health events started happening. Our older son started having seizures, and he broke an arm, and so there were just some things there that was. I, in reflection, I say God was preparing my heart to realize and remember that these children were not mine. Mm. They were not mine. And if I held on to them so tightly, um, I would be miserable. And that mm-hmm. wasn't what I was intended to do. So that was kind of preparing my heart because literally um, a few months after uh, our older son started having seizures, our youngest son was diagnosed. And that was a pretty miraculous. I don't know if you know that story. No, no. Please tell me about how you got di- how you came to the diagnosis. So he had had a number of little things since mm-hmm. he was born. He was on ventilator when he was born, but they said he's healthy. He came home and and his pediatrician would refer him for some minor things, like he had lots of um, ear infections, mm-hmm. and which is pretty normal. Yeah, he was a loud breather. So we went to a, a an ENT, and he had his adenoids taken out. His head was a little bit larger, and I still remember the appointment where she said. You know, are are do larger heads run in your family? Mm. And I said, well, I you've met my husband. He's, <laughs> He's a, a big, big former football player, mm-hmm. and so. But she referred us, and they they looked at it and did a um, a CT scan, and they said it's fine. So there there weren't any really obvious signs. He would fall more than the average kid, mm-hmm. but my mom is an RN. Mm-hmm. And she had gotten cable to watch a specific TV series because she could see it through the grainy. Back when they had analog, not all digital, you could <laughs> see cable through the grainy TV. Yeah. And she was like, oh, this looks really fascinating. And it was a show called Mystery Diagnosis. Okay. And so she started watching this show regularly and sat down one Saturday to watch it. And these things started sounding really familiar. Yeah ear infections, falling, um, gastrointestinal stuff, slowing development. So she had noticed that he wasn't talking as quickly as the other boys. But, you know, they always say they all develop differently. Right, right. So by the end Larger of the sh- head as well? Was that another? Yeah, but it wasn't anything we okay. would have noticed. I never okay. picked up on it. Okay. And by the end of the show, this turns out this boy has a rare disease called Hunter's Syndrome. Okay. And by the end of the show, she's crying and realizes he probably has wow. this disease. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible terminal Yeah, Tell me about disease. it. Tell me what you found out. Once you sort, so your mom came to you and said, hey, you might want to have this checked out. Yeah. she Well, she very, she said, well, there's these enzyme deficiencies, which makes it sound really mild. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't scare you. And I was like, okay. So I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I did and started I could see these boys have a look uh, mm-hmm. about their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called coarse facial features. They have a flattened nasal bridge and usually um, uh, 
sweet little red lips Mm -hmm. and um, again, a head, short neck. And so I saw the pictures and started reading it and I knew right Mm -hmm. away, but it's, it's a, it's a genetic disease. Okay. But there's a significant percentage where it's spontaneous mutation. So I don't have it in my family. It normally runs through female mother carriers, Mm -hmm. but I don't have it in my family. A number of of other parents I know are not carriers. It's just a spontaneous mutation. So it really can happen Mm -hmm. to any child in in an embryo. Yeah. Okay. And so they're missing an enzyme. The, The mutation caused them to be missing an enzyme that breaks down cellular waste. Okay. And uh, there's sugars, but it's at a cellular level. So it's not like the sugar you eat. And so then it builds up in the cells and they swell. You kind of think of it, these cells swell and swell Mm -hmm. until they burst and don't function. Okay. And it's the cells in the, in the heart, in the airway, in the joints, in the bones. So the bones grow differently Mm -hmm. um, in the brain. Mm -hmm. So it causes progressive loss of function, including like progressive mental decline. Okay. And the, until they're, you know, functioning at a, at a, at a baby level and the lifespans in their teens, in the early teens. So it can some, sometime before they hit 20, is typically right terminal, yeah, terminal, okay. and they've declined along that um, mm. along that entire period, right? So okay, so they might be, uh, I guess, they're most uh, fully functioning when they're babies, two, two. yeah, okay. when they're two, three, Toddlers. four years old, yeah, okay, and then they begin they slightly decrease, all yes. The time. Yeah. And, and it starts typically with the mental or the physical? It's it's all of it because it's slowly building up in the body. Mm-hmm. So we realize in retrospect that our son being on a ventilator after he was born was his first symptoms. Mm. But, it, it you know, that's not uncommon. Right. And uh, the loud breathing mm-hmm. is that we call it Darth Vader breathing. It's okay. a, it's kind of a classic sign because they're, they're it It's filling up in their airways. Mm-hmm. And so... He, you know, it could have possibly been picked up by a specialist earlier, but it's so rare. Well, what could have been done? It's right? well, or- there there are some things that that can help, but it's. I mean, there's approximately two thousand cases in the world. Okay, so, so it's, it's not very, like your pediatrician knows about it. Mm-hmm. Even your ENT, it's it's just not on their radar at all. Okay, okay. so uh, very rare. Two thousand people currently have it, um, and there's no cure. Right for it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so few cases that I would imagine the research on it is is not very uh, common. Yeah, it's not. It's not a lot. It's you know, obviously for things like cancer and, and other mm-hmm. things, there's a lot more research going on. There is. Some. Addie is on live, by the way. I see Addie. Hi, on there. Addie. Addie is who connected us. Yes, that's so crazy. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love all the different angles that this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Back to we're talking about research. Yes, so there, um, <clears throat> there is some research, and there is, and this is part of why kids it's so beneficial that they get diagnosed early. So there is an FDA approved drug that can help their body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can slow down or or stave off some of those physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but it can help their airway and help their heart potentially, um, which are the two biggest dangers. Mm -hmm. So if they get diagnosed young, like my son was, they can go on this and it's a weekly infusion. So it's, it's not without challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a weekly, you know, four to six hour infusion. Okay. And, uh, so when he was diagnosed, we would spend a whole day a week in the hospital Mm -hmm. in addition to the 10 other 
specialists he had to see. Mm-hmm. And so um, now I do those infusions myself, okay. thankfully, mm-hmm. and um, did, did his last night at home. Okay. But uh, so, so they can get on that to help their bodies some. Mm-hmm. And there's some research into how to stave off the mental, you know, it's progressive dementia, yeah, basically. Mm. And so my son has been in a clinical trial mm-hmm. to try to help his brain uh, for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. So they're taking that enzyme and they're putting it into his spinal fluid mm-hmm. and taking it up to his brain. So wow. he's had over 80 spinal taps. Wow. He's had six surgeries to place different devices to try to administer that. Mm-hmm. But we feel like we are so blessed mm-hmm. because it has helped him. I mean, it's, it's, Obviously, very challenging. It's not FDA approved, but it gave me the bandwidth to do what I'm doing with Project Alive. And yeah. so I very much subscribe to the philosophy to who much is given, much is required. Yeah. And to feel that blessing every single day, I just couldn't see how I could not do you know, what oh, we're doing. Yeah. Um, so we're chasing like an actual cure at this point. Okay. I want to get into Project Alive, but I want to talk about this experimental uh experimental uh, process Mm -hmm. that you're through right now. So are the doctors saying that this is prolonging his life? This is... We believe um, so. Yes, yes. We A typical child, so my son is 10, almost 11. Mm -hmm. A typical child with with that, the brain regressing form of Hunter syndrome, which is most cases, um, by this age would be have no language. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly wouldn't be potty trained or anything like that. Um, very behaviorally oppositional because they don't understand sure. uh, how to comply. Yeah. Um, often they're in a wheelchair with a shunt and a feeding tube mm. and, you know, lack of, of real communication or understanding. Yeah. Uh, because, because the lifespan is in the, in the mid teens mm-hmm. approximately. Okay. So my son who was able to get on this experimental therapy is, is stable at this Mm -hmm. point. So he, um, he knows how to swim. Mm -hmm. He can read, uh, I think around 75 to a hundred words. Um, he makes hot chocolate in the microwave. Okay. And so he's in fourth or fifth grade. He's in fifth grade, fifth grade, He's in fifth grade. Uh He has friends. Uh He, um, loves going to school and loves Santa Claus and, everything basketball he loves he wear he would wear a basketball jersey every day to school yeah, he could. yeah. so we really feel like this has has helped him mm-hmm. but the challenge in rare diseases is how do you measure that with especially cognitively challenged kids because he yeah. obviously still has cognitive challenges and behavioral challenges and so even with what we've seen in that and what we've seen in other kids the clinical trial did not meet its its um key primary endpoint, right. which was to measure versus a child without the treatment right. to measure the difference. It's hard. Even though we know it, we know it helps and yeah. we know these kids are, um, are, are stable. But that's a lot of spinal taps. 80. It is. It Does is. Does that hurt him? He goes under anesthesia. So he goes under times an- under mm-hmm. anesthesia. More, more than that under anesthesia because surgeries. surgeries and, right. Um, oh goodness. So we, we were just at, at Vanderbilt last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually flew to North Carolina mm-hmm. every month for four years mm-hmm. to get the drug. 
um, because we knew that was the his only way to to live. Yeah. And early on, it was nine days a month, sometimes eleven days a month, mm. um, that we would be in North Carolina. So we kind of had a split life for yeah. many many years. And um, then we were able to get it transferred and, and get it at Vanderbilt. But it's still not accessible or available to most kids with Hunter syndrome, just these kids who have gotten in this trial. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, how does he deal with it? Does he, does, he, does he know he has? No. He doesn't know he's no. any different? He, he feels it a little bit, I think. I think he's, he's starting to understand that not everybody – gets uh, what we call 2B, which is his his um, access, his port access. He has a port of cath mm-hmm. and not everybody's at the hospital, but he doesn't understand disease mm-hmm. or that he has Hunter syndrome or what that is. So right. it's almost this great little in between mm-hmm. that he's, he's healthy. I feel like he's stable, but he That's doesn't great. know that he has this terrible disease and, and what the prognosis is supposed to be. Right. Um, so, but he endures because of all of this. He has severe um, what's called medical trauma. Hmm. It's like PTSD. Okay, so anytime um, he goes in, it's sort of this anxiety. Yes, it's, got it. You know, when you have a Valium prescription for your ten-year-old, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a challenge. But yeah. it's just managing that is is challenging. Yeah. Wow. But, well, a lot of a lot of courage that you guys uh, have to go through and challenges that you have that that most people don't. So. I uh, I commend you for that. Uh, and you don't seem to be somebody very stressed out or uh, you have a tremendous amount of faith. Yes. Yes. You? And, I, you know, it's perspective. It's mm-hmm. I actually look at it in such a way that if I if that had not happened to us, I would be a totally different person. My mm-hmm. husband would be a different person. Our family would be a different family. And I really see that we could have gotten caught up in all of the things that are so easy to get caught up in. Especially in Williamson County. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of house do you have? What right. kind of car do you drive? Where mm-hmm. do your kids go to school? And, and you know, what, what kind of clothes do you wear? Right, right. And I just don't care. You don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's not about um, that. It is about no. the things that really matter in life. Right. And, I, and for that, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. because it is so easy. And I recognize that you constantly have to fight against that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to be able to see the world through my son's eyes mm-hmm. and and how I the the God lens that I feel like he's has been able to give to me mm-hmm. that you know it's really about people and about what you're doing that has a lasting impact mm-hmm. and you know living out your faith and what you're doing mm-hmm. and um, I still have to remind myself every day because yeah. it is easy to you know my kids are, we're running to basketball games and running to this and you get frustrated and I'm like. Wait a second. You know, it's it's not about that perspective. It is. It is perspective. Yeah, um, and that's the best gift, yeah. really, to have that kind of perspective every day. It's it's it's. Some people think it's not a gift. Some people think yeah. you're cursed with it, right. or something like that. But but uh, it's a gift. It's a it gift. Um, I, and we need that. We need to be reminded of it because yeah. we have been given so much. And when we hear your story, um, it, it's just an instant reminder of wait a minute. I'm thankful that I have what I have. Um, cause not everybody gets that. Yeah. Well, and I look back even in our struggle to have children Yeah. and to say, how could I look at this situation and be bitter about it? Yeah. Because we could have not had children at all. Right. And you know, or he could have, 
he could have died when he was born, when he was on a ventilator, mm-hmm. and the condition he had is fatal in 20, 25% of the cases. Okay. And so how can I be bitter that we have these challenges or that I'm, he may not have a full life? Do yeah. I still struggle and is, you know, brings me to tears mm-hmm. a lot of times? Yeah, but I'm, I refuse to be bitter or angry about it. That's great. Um, so how do the other kids, how do your other two older children deal with it? Or do they, do, do they get annoyed that he gets more attention or more time with mom or dad and all that stuff? Do you get that? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, I think if he, if he was just the typical little brother, they'd still get annoyed on some <laughs> level because, you know, the little brother's bugging you. And, yeah. um, but I think they have perspective now too, because uh-huh. they were so young. They've never known anything other than Hunter syndrome mm-hmm. and they've never known anything other than the clinical trial that he's been in. Right. And so they forget when he was declining. So mm-hmm. he started to decline at three years old. Okay. Uh, before he got in this trial, he was losing his language. He was stuttering severely and he was so dangerous. Um, we had a CNA in our house five days a week mm-hmm. and um, had to have him in a wheelchair with a six point harness to go in public because he was so dangerous. Um, he would have jumped off a building. Really? Mm, run in front of a car. Um, you had to keep him safe. We yeah. had to keep him safe. So and... he's actually even progressed. Oh, yeah. Improved tremendously mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Yeah. So praise God. That is amazing. So they, but they've now met lots of other boys Mm -hmm. with Hunter syndrome. And Mm -hmm. so they, they can now see um, the perspective of what this disease does. And so I know there's fear in there, I'm sure. Um, But I, we just, again, try to drill down this, you know, what is life really about Mm -hmm. and what are we here to do and who are we here to serve? And um, I hope that that, gets through to teenage brains, you know, but they're good kids. They're very want, good kids. I'm sure I, I, that kind of thing really brings a family closer together, yeah. I would think. Um, so financially, uh, Chris is obviously former banker. Yeah. Now talks about money and planning and financial finances. And you can talk about whatever you feel like you want to. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I would imagine I'm self-employed. And I, I, I don't have very good health insurance, or I don't believe I do. Has that been a challenge for you guys? Uh, or have you been blessed with really good health insurance? And, and what advice would you have for somebody who's maybe facing right. an illness like this? Or with Project Alive, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, what do you advise for people there? Well, it is a challenge. Yeah. And and when your child has a chronic health condition, and actually um, that's one of the books I'm working on, um, okay. is is advocating for your child with a chronic health condition. And so healthcare and insurance is such a big area. Yeah. So if you know they have a chronic health condition, in some ways you can plan it a little better. You start mm-hmm. looking at, you know, what types of medicines do you think they are going to take on a regular basis? What procedures, what doctor visits? So you can kind of plan that out in order to to look at the insurance options that you have Mm -hmm. and what it's going to cost you. And then there's, of course, this whole bucket of this might happen. And in Hunter syndrome, that's a lot of things. Our our kids develop carpal tunnel syndrome, need hearing aids. They might have to have heart valve replacement. So I I talk to people and and when their kids are diagnosed and say, make these different kinds of lists Mm -hmm. and then project what might be the best insurance, you know, matching up against those, Mm -hmm. those expectations. Mm -hmm. So we've actually been really blessed to have um, good insurance Mm -hmm. through, through Dave Ramsey. And, you know, 
obviously for everybody, the deductibles have risen over time. I think yeah. that's a function all across the country. Yeah. So, you know, we've just had to gauge that and, and put it put it in our budget and different, you know, medical expenses. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So um, so let's talk about Project Alive. Uh, when did you decide? Well, it's hard enough to deal with your own family and your own child having this, right? So yeah. how did that come about? And when did you decide you wanted to start a nonprofit? Well, reluctantly, actually, mm. I um, I felt like God was calling me to do something in that realm for a couple of years before I actually did, which, you know, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we once we heard about gene therapy and the promise of gene therapy potentially as a cure for genetic diseases like Hunter syndrome, mm-hmm. and it was being done in some other similar diseases. Mm-hmm. We said, well, we think we think we can do this in Hunter syndrome. We've reached out to the researchers and, you know, it involves, you know, mundane things like they need to get mice. Hmm. There are mice with Hunter syndrome and mm-hmm. they have to order them and fund them and get them and create a colony in order to test and do lots of research. So that all started and I felt that tug like we're supposed to have a foundation to do this. And I was just, I didn't, I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. um, because there's lots of other things I love doing. And sure. I knew that that would consume, you know, our life. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, there were other, some foundations in our disease state and I'm like, well, we can, you know, we can do it through other means. Mm-hmm. But clearly once we realized this is going to take millions of dollars yeah, and it's also going to take, <laughs> You know, leveraging the resources we have and leveraging the connections that we have. And, um, you know, if you're out there hoofing it every day, you, you kind of have to drive the train. Yeah. And so uh, after kind of a year and a half of reluctance, I was like, okay, all right. I know you, God, you're calling me to form a right. foundation. And so right. um, with, with several other hunter moms, we, formed uh, uh, this organization mm-hmm. that was originally called, I'd blogged for many years. Uh, under, about it? Uh, well, about the disease mm-hmm. um, on a blog called Saving Case. Okay. My son's name is Case. Mm-hmm. And so we originally formed the foundation Saving Case and Friends. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the past year, we've we've formally changed the name to Project Alive. Mm-hmm. And so. it's you can find it on projectalive.org. Org. .org, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we've actually... Um, created lots of um, creative fundraising and media campaigns, and mm-hmm. and we have talented creative people in our sphere. So a couple of years ago, we created a video that actually was from a real situation. My son's kindergarten teacher sent home a photo of him holding this sign that he wanted to be a fireman. Mm. And I got that picture, and I'm just bawling. Mm-hmm. I'm bawling, because I'm like, what do you mean he wants to be a fireman? I just want him to be alive, you know? Yeah. And so that actually was the formation of this whole concept of our first video, which is, you know, kids want to be doctors and lawyers and and singers, and, and boys with Hunter syndrome just want to be alive. Yeah. And so we did that. I wrote a song. Um, the next year we launched a song campaign. I wrote mm. a song called Alive mm-hmm. and um, it was finalist in a songwriting competition. And so that was our second campaign. And then this year we did a mini documentary series and those videos are all at projectalive.org. I think I've watched one of them and I was incredibly moved by the, it was a father and a son. Yes. Story. It might've been one that you produced. Oh, uh, well, year. so 
how that even came about, um, again, God orchestrates all of these things, was that a family, um, their son was diagnosed last year. Mm-hmm. And the trial that my son was in had closed yeah. to enrollment. Mm-hmm. So n- families that were being newly diagnosed had no option. And so they they saw that we were trying to fund gene therapy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd, we'd kind of gotten to the end of the last campaign. And they said, hey, you know, the father has a production company hmm. and is, is a filmmaker. And I think they have an Emmy nomination. And they do work for Crazy. like Pixar and Coca-Cola and Airbnb and and he's like, here's my idea. I Mm. think, um, you know, maybe we do a mini documentary series. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. uh, Here we go. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, this dad just harnessed these resources of these amazing people that wanted to help. Yeah. And they, you know, rebranded our foundation and did a new website and did production work and sound work. And I mean, what they gave to this, was just incredible that people have no idea all the the legwork of all the people that were behind that yeah. series. Yeah. Um, but incredibly talented, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So do you? Um, so you you do you require a certain uh, amount of money in order to fund this research? So what is what is coming through Project Alive right now, or what's your requirement to kind of? do everything you want to do. Right, right. So um, the the estimate, kind of the roundabout estimate to get this trial going is around $2.5 million. Okay. So we had funded, uh, along with other foundations in in our disease, the preclinical research for a number of years. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, 200,000 here, 100,000 there. And, and so we were kind of rolling with that. But to actually do an initial first in human clinical trial, you know, it's millions of dollars. And that's yeah. even really on the cheap versus what a pharmaceutical company um, would, would require to do that. So tens of millions of dollars for that. Mm -hmm. So we've worked really closely with these researchers and and this institution. And we, um, we signed a contract in December to produce the vector, which is the gene therapy product that will be used for the trial. Mm -hmm. And so that contract was $1.4 million. Mm. And, um, so at this point we have over a million. Mm-hmm. So we're we're getting, you know, closer to funding that. But then actually the, the costs of the trial too. So the costs the hard costs of you know, you've got to fly people in because these people are all over all over, you know, the US. You've got MRIs, you've got, you know, doctor visits, you've got cognitive testing, lab work, mm-hmm. um, all of the things that go into running a clinical trial and clinical research people. And that's going to be, you know, about a, a million or a little over a million. Mm-hmm. So we still have, um, you know, about, you know, 1.5 million left to raise mm-hmm. um, th- this year. This year. In order to actually make it happen. And we actually have clearance from the FDA to begin the trial. The, the institution received what's called an IND approval, mm-hmm. uh, where the FDA says, uh, we've looked at your preclinical research, you're you're ready to go. So we're literally just waiting on the, the, the vector to be produced, which takes mm-hmm. about six months, mm-hmm. and the money. Yeah. And that's, so literally the only thing standing in the way is, is the money. Is the money. Mm-hmm. Well, uh Gosh, so what, what, I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a step of faith you guys are taking. Mm-hmm. This whole thing has been yeah. that way. Not only are you dealing with it yourself with your son, but you're spearheading, you're taking the lead on you with a few other people are taking the lead on this project alive to kind of spearhead an amazing gene, gene therapy study. Yeah. 
right? So um, you need about a million to a million five. Yeah. Um, what are you doing to, to promote it this year? What, what, do we, what do we need to do as a courageous community? Sure. How, how are people getting involved? In well, donating? you know, people are doing lots of things. So the biggest thing is people are holding events and, and fundraisers and, um, you know, and it's a lot of people. So this is definitely not something that Melissa Hogan is, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in a leadership role, but there are so many people who are sacrificing their time and their energy and their, their connections and, and, and to hold events, mm-hmm. um, so holding events. Uh, like what for, kind of events are they doing? Um, they are, we have a, a run that's happening in Florida. They're holding um, galas and silent auctions. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're having a dinner at their house where they tell their story mm-hmm. and, and, and just say, hey, can you come alongside us yeah. and help? Or mm-hmm. do you know people who, who have money to give to support something worthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're absolutely willing to tell our story to people who, who say, look, I have $5,000 to give. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we have people who are, who are giving like 10000 or $25,000 mm-hmm. and, and who are blessed with that money and want it to go somewhere good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell people, I say, look, I'm working for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I left, left my job and my career. I have no, no skin in this other than to try to make this happen and last for our community. And my son's not going to be eligible for this trial. Mm -hmm. And so this, the money is, you know, we can trace exactly where it's all going. So it's, it's going to a good place. So Mm -hmm. for people who want to philanthropically invest in something meaningful, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're telling that story. And then, you know, sometimes people have connections that are, that are incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been trying to get on the Ellen show for a while, mm-hmm. um, which um, Addie's <clears throat> grandson, they, his, the school that his mom teaches at has been sending letters Aww. and he's such a sweet, cute, adorable kid. Mm-hmm. And we, my kid's school has sent letters to them. And, you know, cause we, we have to believe yeah. that if people knew that you could cure potentially a disease for what is, I have had people say that's relatively little money. Mm-hmm. And, and it really is. And so we feel like people just keep stepping into the story because they have a connection here. We, we were on the doctor's TV show yeah. in September, mm-hmm. uh, through a good friend of ours who, who knew somebody and said, Hey, you know, I, I want you to be able to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up being on inside the NBA at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. My son is a huge, huge NBA, NBA fan. fan. Is that on TNT? It is. That's it's on TNT. TNT. Mm-hmm. And so he got to meet Charles Barkley Barkley who he calls Sparkly because he, he has you know some speech issues and cognitive issues Wait, was and, this with Anthony Skinner uh, I don't think so oh, okay because so, my friend Anthony just went on the set of TNT because oh, his really? son is a huge basketball fan and he has a podcast okay and he was literally just on that in December he really was, visited. was this in December it was you? it was December 28th we were there I wonder if that was, was the same it, thing. There were people there that were standing there. Yeah. We just ended up on. We didn't, and we didn't even know Get on we the were going to be on. Right? No, we were on TV. Like on we TV. did a whole segment, okay. and okay. we didn't even know. I mean, it was just it was amazing. And yeah. and um, Shaq was great. Yeah. He's so tall, and Ernie <laughs> and Kenny, and and they're yeah. just 
amazing mm. people. And then we've had all these NBA um, stars did this video for us and, um, you know, have shared about it. That's so, awesome. so we're really, you know, we're trying to get media, tell our story, mm-hmm. hold events. We're really trying to hit all fronts We're we're proposing to some larger foundations for grants. We've gotten one large grant mm-hmm. and, um, because we say, look, this is, this is a compelling case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually it's an expensive disease to treat. Yeah. So, I mean, beside the philanthropic and we want to save these kids, you know, this is a very expensive disease to mm-hmm. treat. Mm-hmm. And if we can cure it, mm-hmm. not only will it save heartache for families yeah. and save these kids, it saves the healthcare system money. And that's, yeah. you know, sometimes people need that to understand that mm-hmm. as well as to the fact that this is a good thing to do and it's good science. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing to, <clears throat> excuse me, to raise awareness? How do you tell people, you know, what are the signs of this happening? How do you, you know, how, how do you um, get the word out? Because it's, uh, yeah. it's a rare disease. So it is. It almost seems like it's an accidental way of finding out. It know? is. Well, we're trying to educate. We're working with different organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics um, and, you know, the American Society of Gene and Cell Therapy and other organizations that can connect and spread uh, the word about how this is diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're doing that in our documentary series and in what signs and symptoms there have been. And we have different awareness. How materials. is it diagnosed? So it's generally it's by accident a lot of times mm-hmm. or through a referral to mm-hmm. a specialist. So most pediatricians, uh, we want to increase that awareness and yeah. we're working on that. Um, but a lot of times it's they're referred to an ENT or a neurologist mm-hmm. for one of the symptoms. symptoms. Um, and then how is it tested? Is it a blood test? Yes. So it's there's a urine test and a blood test that mm-hmm. um, that bring it down. And, and through the urine test, they're able to see elevated uh, what are called gags, so the storage material. Uh-huh. And then it points them to do a blood test, which identifies a mutation in, in the, the enzyme in the in the gene in the gene in the IDS gene yes. IDS gene. Okay. Yep. All awesome. right. And uh, that's very, it's very interesting. Uh, well, we're going to be doing our part to spread the word um, about, uh, I see some more people on live. Hey, everybody. Hey. It's good to see you. Uh, feel free to ask questions if you're on live in the uh, Courageous Community page. Um, feel free to ask questions. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about jump it here. On and- yeah. Um, uh, but uh, we're going to do our part to spread the word. Uh, I'm going to post... Whatever you tell me to post on the Courageous Community Thank page. You. Thank and, you. And, um, you know, we'll do our part. And any events coming up nationally or mm-hmm. online um, that we can take part in or regionally, yeah. I'm sure it's all listed on projectalive.org. It is. And we're looking, we're hoping to try to put together some kind of a gala mm-hmm. in the Nashville area, which okay. I've been meaning to. It's it's always a hard balance of, yeah. okay, I'm trying to lead the organization and the things we're doing there strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to plan a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but that's on our list of something we'd, we'd hope to do, but I yeah. have a friend who just started their event planning business and I would mm-hmm. bet she would be open to kind of volunteering, you know, 10% yeah. of her time to help put together an event like this. I'll ask her. Yeah. That would be, you, that would be incredible. Have Cause, and, and that's really what we're doing. It's, you know, if, if we feel like if everybody gives a little, yeah. Whether that's money or time, mm-hmm. um, we can we can reach this. Um, so yeah, if people just think about, you know, are there connections you have that you want to tell this tell this story to, mm-hmm. and just say, hey, 
what do you think you might be able to do? Yeah. Um, you we know, can that's save, where it starts. We have the potential to save 2,000 lives mm-hmm. and changed so they can grow up to be yeah. firemen and policemen and whatever yeah. you know, God has placed on their hearts, the future and dreams. And it's such a devastating diagnosis. So when you hear, you know, when my son was diagnosed, even this clinical trial wasn't, wasn't ongoing. So it's like your son is going to lose all of his abilities and he's going to not be able to eat or um, recognize you or communicate. And then he's going to die. Mm. And it was such a dark place. I mean, yeah. I'll be very honest. It yeah. is a dark place to be told that about your child. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I have such a heart for newly diagnosed families who come in. And the fact that now I have newly diagnosed families emailing me saying, oh my gosh, there's, there's, there's hope. There's mm-hmm. something that could happen yeah. in my child's lifetime. Yeah. For for me not to have to bury, you know, because you start thinking, thinking about that. What what song am I going to play at my child's funeral? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's a that's a horrible reality to mm-hmm. have to face. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's just, you know, I we try to give physical hope and spiritual hope and, um, you know, be there for people in a tangible way that's going to last for mm-hmm. our community. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing good work. Doing good work, Melissa Hogan. Doing the best I can. Yeah. Well, I am uh, really grateful that you took some time to come on the podcast and share your story. Um, It's a hope-filled story. I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if we'd be crying, Hmm. if we'd be, you know, you've done your share of that. You've done your share of kind of dwelling in that dark, hopeless place, I'm sure. And um, you understand what other people are feeling at the moment that they get it. I know, I don't know what I would do. Um, I've often wondered, you know, what, what, how would we respond to something like that? Um, my wife and I, cause my wife is an incredibly compassionate, mm-hmm. empathetic person. And, um, it would just, it would just, uh, rock our world. Um, yeah. and, uh, it would give you that perspective. So I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to spread the word, uh, about, um, Hunter's syndrome. Projectalive.org is where people need to get involved. Yes. And um, however, and follow us. We're on Facebook okay. at Project Alive and mm-hmm. then on Instagram at Project Alive. So we post a lot of updates mm-hmm. on both of those and, and the events are on on our Facebook page so people okay. can follow those and um, what we have going on. All right. All right. Well, Melissa, is there anything else that you want to share or say to our audience today about Hunter Syndrome, about Project Alive? Or anything. I, you know, it's something we talked about, I think, before we went on air that, you know, everybody has a story. And, um, you know, that was a hard part for us when he was diagnosed. We were walking around going, you know, these people don't realize my son is dying. Mm. And, um, you know, that's something I've come to appreciate that everybody has a story. Every, every one of your listeners and viewers has a story. And I Mm. think the greatest impact we can have is to step into other people's stories and walk alongside them and do something tangible. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's what we've asked people to do. And that's what I try to do for others in my life. Yeah. Even with all your story, you still have time. Isn't it amazing how we somehow have more hands to give? I would say God redeems my time. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, I ask for that. I ask for time to work on my books <laughs> and, you know, time to do this. And he just continually is faithful in yeah. doing that. So I'm, th- I'm very grateful. Well, God bless you, Melissa. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. You are uh, 
an, an inspirational person. And uh, I, I hope you do have time to finish those books because yeah. people need to hear it, regardless of whether they're dealing with Hunter syndrome or any debilitating disease, whatever it is. Um, we need hope. We need yeah. hope. We need to know that 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 it's possible and yeah. that it can be done. Uh, and um, when you surround yourself with others and lock arms, mm-hmm. there's so much more um, that can be done because we get lifted up yeah. by inspirational stories or something that some somebody calls you or texts you and, and tells you, listen, you can do this. I, I've done it. And let me help you. Yeah. Um, I like that you're all about that. Yeah. Well, the people came before us and did some some similar things in gene therapy. And we said, we're going to follow after them and Take do what we need to do. And um, it's, it's happening. So yeah. it's great. Melissa Hogan, projectalive.org. Yeah. Um, I encourage everybody here to to uh, listen, not only if you're inspired by this podcast or by the video, um, I encourage you to go and visit and check out Hunter Syndrome and, and just pray about what you can do. Yeah. Pray about who you know, uh, about what connections you have um, to be able to, it's amazing when you pray about it. If, if somebody, if, if you're, if you, um, if somebody is put on your heart, um, I encourage you to go with that yeah. and, uh, and go if you feel prompted in any way, go ask, go, go talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we'll see what, what God does. And I'm more than willing to meet people for coffee and yeah. tell more about our story and, yeah. and what, what we can all do to collaborate and make this happen. We do know that you like coffee. I do. I, I'm, we've got a Keurig <laughs> cup here going for, for Melissa to keep her going for yeah. the afternoon. <laughs> I tend to operate on little amounts of sleep, um, which is good. Strength and energy and coffee. That's right. It's uh, there's good things that come yeah. in that coffee cup. All right, Melissa, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me here on the courage cast and, uh, God bless you.